Christina. Mole, how the hell are ya? I am well. I am ready for the weekend. I'm oh, ready for a martini. The martinis are calling me. We're going to have a little sushi. A little we'll bit. be ready to go. We're going to have some sushi after this. It's going to be marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Girl, what are your highlights and lowlights for this week? Ooh, it's been a week. I think also Mercury was in retrograde last week. We don't Do you want to? We don't love that. Um, my low light was I did have a little cry at work, but the highlight was being able to chat through it with you, my brother, Allie, Aww. friends, and just knowing that I had a community around me just made me feel so special and loved. So highs and lows all in one, one go. We love this for you. We, we love, love this. And what was your highlight and low light? Okay, so my low light is, or was, uh, <laughs> Mother Nature, she was absolutely rampant this week i um had quite bad period pains oh, no. which weren't cute but we live and by the end of the week i'm crossfitting i'm doing my spanish lessons i'm doing the work i'm feeling good she's back baby so she's, she's back. back and as you say mercury was in retrograde so shit goes down when mercury's in retrograde why is that we just really go with it too I, we're in it i don't know i don't know but before we digress too much <laughs> Which we would. Which we, we would. Will. Well, you will. And we this. will. Today's episode's all about neurodiversity. And Christina, you're going through your very own journey with your neurodiversity. I was diagnosed when I was very young, so I'm quite well established in that world. But would love to hear more about your journey with your neurodiversity. Before we begin, I just want to kind of preface that we are very privileged and we understand all of the access to care and just where we are. So definitely want to call that out before we dive into it. But yes, going through the process right now through, it's called Problem Shared, which I do believe works with the NHS. Okay. Um, and so the first assessment was today and it was just understanding my brain with work and friendships and relationships and how it comes out. And it's so funny to reflect back onto my childhood I thought I was just a weird, quirky kid. And no, it's actually my brain and ADHD. And there's so many instances now that I think back on of just, oh, me singing loudly, weird um, theater plays. I thought I was the the thespian kid that's doing the Oliver <laughs> play on Friday nights at the local theater. Or losing things i think that's a big one that people with adhd experience just losing keys and i've lost my passport even the nurse who thought holy shit you lost your passport i'm like oh yeah uh, probably i've lost 10 phones in my life so i think that's another thing there's a lot of stats of how much money that people with adhd blow through because of all the shit that we lose and the disorganization of our brains um so, yeah, it's been an interesting process to think back onto all of those moments and kind of recognizing it's OK. It's just your brain and we're going to figure out some coping mechanisms. So it's been very lovely. Oh, this is this is very interesting. And congratulations on, you know, your journey, if that's the right word for it. But I think it's a journey because it's all we're all a work in progress and we're learning every day. We're doing the work, as we say. So, yeah. Yeah. And how are you feeling about everything? I, so the funny thing is, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s 
And I thought, why wasn't I diagnosed previously? And according to doctors and nurses, women are very good at masking it. Mm -hmm. I don't know really what that means because, again, I thought I was just the weird quirky kid <laughs> that would lose <laughs> lose stuff. And that was just my personality. And I also love the memes where it's, <laughs> oh, um, I'm creative and weird and kooky. I thought that was my uh, star sign being an Aquarius. Oh, no, actually, you have ADHD. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think everything kind of is related. Um, but, yeah, I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we'll be bouncing around a lot, hence our, our conversation today. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's just how our brains work. We have 500 conversations at one time. Yeah, you know? exactly. Your sister has ADHD, right? So my sister and my brother were diagnosed. Um, I Yeah, again, I don't know why I wasn't, but good at masking, I guess, mm -hmm. growing up. So yeah. And what about you? How, what's your journey? Oh, okay. So my journey, I have something called nonverbal learning difficulty. And for those who, of you who know me, that's actually quite ironic because I love to speak. <laughs> um, but it is a form of learning difficulty, which is more to do with spatial awareness and uh, numeracy but it's really hard to actually describe what it is to people because if you depending on what site you're looking at it presents differently hmm. um but i basically first was diagnosed very luckily when i was kind of 10 11 um as you said earlier i was very privileged that my um, parents actually paid for a child psychologist a, a psychology test for me in order to get diagnosed <clears throat> because I struggled with quite basic things when I was in my kind of early years so kind of you know the monkey bars and the British playgrounds I could never do those monkey bars I could never tie my shoelace properly until <laughs> an embarrassingly old age I struggled with things like tying a tie um, anything like cr uh, quick arithmetic at school I really struggled with um, computers. So it was quite, they're quite niche things, but it's mainly motoring skills and numeracy when I was in school. And then when I was in like my senior school, part of school, I had extra time. So I, um, for exams, I would have um, a certain amount of extra time. I kind of had, had allowances for things like uh, grammar, and so and and spelling sometimes but actually my spelling is low-key really good I was always in the top set <laughs> she's a PR queen now. <laughs> she's a PR queen so actually um it's it what's really hard is um the it, it's always kind of grouped in with dyslexia but I actually am really strong when it comes to reading writing and um like just general traits that dyslexic people would struggle more with so um my real campaign as I've got older and gone through the workplace, like more of a corporate space versus like, you know, wait waitressing and babysitting, et cetera, where you didn't need to kind of diagnose uh, to disclose it in the same way. I've um, tried to be really clear with um, my employers of, of what it presents in the workplace. So for me, as you say, as a PR queen, mm -hmm. um, I can miss out really basic things like those ands and dots. And, um, uh, as a PR person, that's not ideal. So I always need someone to edit my work, to look at my work. Um, and yeah, those are kind of like, that's a very like um, general way of thinking about it. But I think in a more social sense, as, I, as I'm really growing and getting to know myself a bit more, 
um i realized like um my neurodiversity can also present in social situations as well so i have been known a couple of times to say some awkward things or to say things that are quite rude and perhaps i sound ruder than i'm meaning to sound <laughs> so people just low-key think i'm a bitch <laughs> and that's okay which you're not but i'm not but it's just perhaps like I, the way that my my brain works um and I also have started to get more nervous in kind of louder spaces or um and I uh or, or in situations when they change very quickly and there is a lot of change I'm not very good with like I'm going through quite a big personal change right now in the sense that I um I'm a PR queen but because of the given economic climate unfortunately I no longer have a a, a role and a, a job at the place I was um so I have essentially been made redundant so I'm on gardening leave right now and I have have struggled with structure and accepting the change and knowing that I'm going to have to leave London and um, I'm very fortunate that I get to live with my parents again but there's a lot of change and I have found that very I have struggled a lot with that and I think um that's partially because of my um, neurodiversity in the sense that um, I struggle with change and I didn't accept a change in the same way. And as I've got older, I realized that that's part of it. And that's the thing. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I, but I, I think the one thing I want to go back on is that no one diagnosis is the same. Yes. Where, you know, I think traditionally, right, it's dyslexia is part of it, but that's not you. And I think with most people, we're all so different. Yeah. And same thing, uh, I read an article with ADD that there's seven different types, but to this nurse this morning said there's three different types. So take it as you will, right? I think we're all very unique and special and no one fits into one box. But I do want to go back to your childhood. How did early Molly feel when you were going through the tests at 10 years old? I can only imagine that it was stressful or how, yeah how did you feel and did you know what was going on I think baby Molly like throwback I think I was 10 when I got it she knew she was different because I had a I have a twin a fabulous brother who's two and shout and out half, to Rory shout out Rory two and a half minutes younger than me oh, <laughs> just like gotta top. get that in there gotta get it in there um and he uh, was very neurotypical by comparison so I think kind of from the outset I always felt like I was quite different but he was always so kind to me and so were my other brothers I also have another set of twins brother and sister and they were always really kind but we were always very supportive of each other and work and I played a lot of sport as well and I think I was very lucky that I had very supporting siblings and parents so the only time I felt really othered was in kind of school and kind of um, when I was brought out of classrooms to have, I can't remember what they called it, if it was a special class, but I had a, a lovely lady who um, I went to once a week and did my maths with. And actually the same happened in, sc- in my secondary school as well. I remember I um, had to do extra maths, which I hated. Oh, I hate maths. <laughs> I hate maths. Of um, I had to reset French because I really struggled with French. Um, and it, uh, when I was in uh, in high high school or senior school, it was it was more of a struggle for me. Um, but I I didn't realize at the time. Now I can reflect on it. But I always thought it was just quite rebellious. Mm. And you know, I, I spent a lot of time doing drama, doing drama, like you said, being the drama queen. <laughs> and um, I found kind of my places, like whether it's playing sports or acting. And I always felt like that's where I could be, like really myself. Um, 
and it, it, it's only really reflecting back on school thinking actually it was quite hard school was quite hard um and then when I went to university I, I had I was really lucky that I went to Oxford Brookes Uni which is um has a lot of people who are neurodiverse so they're very like well versed on extra time on how to support people I purposely went there because of the sport (laughs) and also because it was really far away from home when I was a rebel at the time (laughs) and um it it was known for helping people with neurodiversity so like having smaller lecture theaters like having more intense tutorials and stuff like that which I'm better with than like one-to-one learning um yeah so I think uh, uh, when I was younger, I was really embarrassed. But now, having you know gone through the corporate world, and I also want to preface this with it's only been the last year I've openly spoken about my neurodiversity. Um, it's only yeah since I've got older, I'm more open to talking about it, and that is because I didn't talk about it. But basically, um, when I was in um in the more corporate world for the last couple of years, um, over the the last two years I kept on getting performance review feedback mm. from my previous employer which <laughs> which basically said I had a problem with attention to detail oh I hate that feedback everyone gets that everyone gets that but like especially for me I will never have good attention to detail and it's not because I don't want to have good attention to detail like I actually really care about that kind of stuff and I'm a good editor I can edit other people's work really well but like that is that is my issue that I will never have good attention to detail because my brain misses things. I'm sorry, I'm never going to be a perfect comms person. But do you think it's? But you do pay attention to yeah. detail. But it's just I miss things. Right. It's the little the, yeah, like you said the those which doesn't mean I don't think that is. I don't know. Maybe my definition of detail is different. <laughs> no, but but I think as a comms person, you're expected to be like flawless. So I think that's why it was, I I really need to like hone in on. Like um, my previous workplace made me have it get whole tests to prove that I was neurodiverse, even though I presented oh. them with my um, like my original diagnosis. Yeah, it was it was actually really quite awkward and not very pleasant. But anyway, and now that's why I'm being really open about it. And if you know if I'm interviewing or I'm gonna start dating someone, then I want to be really um like open. And I actually went on a date with this dude a couple of weeks ago and we both are neurodiverse love it they have adhd as well and i talked all about my neurodiversity and it was really nice and it was the first time i've had a good conversation with someone that i've dated and been like this was up and they were like oh very accepting it's hard to be vulnerable but (laughs) proud of you for doing it and thanks girl then he was able to be vulnerable as well he was he was yeah it was it was really nice it was a very very special moment Oh, and so I on the work front though. Yeah, I think that's top of mind right now. As oh yeah, well. of course, because you're going through it. Well, also just going back to the reviews, one trait of some ADD ADHD folks <laughs> are it's called rejection sensitive dysphoria, which in Greek means unbearable. Oh, you're not unbearable. No, <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's. When rejection causes you to have significantly heightened, intense negative feelings and severe emotional pain that's difficult to control. And again, I just thought that was my personality. (laughs) I didn't know. And then going into the corporate world when you have constant reviews every six months and always mine was executive presence. I'm like, what in God's name does that mean? (laughs) What the hell is executive presence? I cannot comprehend. And I think we talked about this, though. What? How can we 
manage this within our work, we're telling our employers or bosses, and it's great to be open. I need direct feedback. You can't just tell me executive presence. I need, hey, in this meeting, you weren't that whatever the hell, again, what executive presence means, energetic, or I need you to do the spreadsheet differently. We need very specific feedback, which you you were the one who taught me that. Oh, so thank love you for that. Clean, specific, direct feedback. It's really, really important. It is important. Really important. And can you tell me a little bit more about um, how someone could go about, you know, f- finding the d- diagnosis or kind of speaking to their employer if they work for a big, massive corporate like we may have done or through the NHS? Yeah. So I think depending on where you are, every country is different. Obviously, in the in the US, they're very, I guess, more forward in the terms of ADD or near diverse diagnoses and definitely have more <laughs> access, I would say, or push to, for people to have access there. In the UK specifically, it's starting to become a thing, which is great in that there is going to be more programs for people to be uh, a part of or to, um, you know, at least try to get the assessment at first. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And and I will say that um, I, I also would recommend that um, there are loads of kind of good forums. Mm-hmm. Um, we, You know, I was lucky to work with an employer which had forums for people with um, neurodiversities, but I know there's lots of stuff online, Facebook groups, Instagram, all that kind TikTok. of stuff. TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> I mean, we're not we're not sponsored by them, but we love TikTok. <laughs> we love we love a good TikTok. Uh perfect for neurodiverse brains. Exactly. But there are people out there. I would recommend finding your tribe, finding your people. Um and before we wrap up, I would love one funny story that highlights your neurodiversity and then we'll wrap up. Okay. I yeah, one that sticks out. Again, thought it was just being quirky and weird, but it was a weird impulse thing that happened. Uh a couple years ago, the VP, our our SVP, head of our entire organization, came in to talk about goals, you know, yada yada yada. And he said something around the lines of, and your team is really important to me. And I shouted out, Can I get a name, man? <laughs> <laughs> it was Legend. silent. and he just looks at me and just continues on and okay so moving on afterwards everyone came up to me asking why did you what did you just shout in front of the vp and i I honestly don't know where it came from i have no idea so that's now i know it's just my brain so and what about you do you have one that sticks out okay so as I said before, like my big thing is like motoring skills. So I do CrossFit. I know everyone who talks about CrossFit or everyone <laughs> who goes to CrossFit fucking talks about CrossFit. <laughs> Are you doing CrossFit? <laughs> oh my God, I love CrossFit. Protein. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, a funny story is we were doing a workout like two weeks ago and I tend to think I can <laughs> do things quite quickly. You know, I like if we're doing a cardio focused workout, I can generally do it quite quickly and I'm always kind of further on in the class i'm not saying the best but i'm not the worst this day i was like the worst the worst and i was like looking around and i was like what has happened and turns out i did a whole extra exercise because i did not understand basically it was a thruster like a dumbbell thruster that sounds intense though yeah so i ended up doing um i ended up doing a whole extra workout 
And basically I found this out because we had to run down like round an industrial state in Catford. And I was the only one. It was like a, <laughs> it, it was like, uh, you know, in the film, what is the film called? The guy who runs a lot. Forrest Gump. Gump. Forrest Gump. I felt like Forrest Gump running through Catford because I was the I last. Just kept running. I just kept running because I was the last one. I had to do a whole extra set because I fucked up. Did they yell, Molly, come back? They literally were like, they were so cute. They were like, Molly, you got it wrong. And I was like, oh, no. That stuff happens to me all the time. So I'm just like, we live, we learn, and we work out better for it. You know what? (laughs) You got more reps in, and you're looking snatched. So She snatched for the summer. Snatched for the summer. (laughs) Girl, before we wrap up, can you give me one fun fact? And then... Fun fact about me? No. Fun fact in general. (laughs) You can say fun fun fact about you if you want. Because it's all those things at work where it's like, what's one fact? But you're like making shit up. I juggle. Okay. Uh, (laughs) One fun fact I did find out today was that um, who's the Apple fan? Tim Cook. Is it Tim Cook? He's also neurodivergent. And Bill Gates. Love. So we're in good company. Kings. What fun fact do you have? My fun fact is there's 7,000 defibrillators in London because I did a first aid course last week and that's where they told us that and I have the ability to learn a lot of facts so that's why we're also bringing this section love it one more fact before we go yes did you know that Asda was headquartered in Leeds no I did not now you know the more you know the more you know right Christina till next time till next time thanks Molly <laughs>